Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey, you reached the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. This is Matt. And Liz. Brady no longer a Patriot. Phillip Rivers definitely heading to Tampa. The Panthers are trading the whole team away. We run through all the crazy combine rumors through our finely tuned Loza Harmon BS meter. Rugs, Judy, Dobbins, Swift, there are a bunch of wideouts and running backs at the combine. You should learn about ASAP, and we rank the top of this class of receivers and running backs because we want you to be forward thinkers. You're welcome. Now go ahead and listen. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Liz Loza. Matt Harmon is here. Brett Raider is, of course, leading us into the great abyss of the unknown. I banged my elbow a little awkwardly on the table while I was gesturing and that kind of hurt. (laughs) So I'm not a professional athlete running in my underwear this week, clearly, from that move, but there are folks in Indianapolis doing that. Oh, man. What what an anxiety-filled performance that would have to be you know because of the outfits because of the outfit well i mean no not just because of the outfits also i mean i i'm sure my 40 yard dash time is not good you're blushing already you're like blushing even thinking about putting yourself on i was literally thinking about like how much of an idiot i would look like if i ran a 40 yard dash and i got like a little embarrassed about it just thinking about it ones would be work because like I, I'd be like, oh, wait, what, what, wait, yeah. what's your, how, hi, hi, can I ask a question? Like, I feel like I would just be very confused and they'd yeah. be like, no, lady. You'd be like, <laughs> like one of the people off to the sides is like putting you through the job, like, just one quick clarification. <laughs> Did you want me to go like A, B, A, B, up, down, side? Like, how, how does it go? I don't know how much like group workout classes you do, but that is like the thing that always gets me in the times that I do find myself in those settings. It's like. Like when the when the instructor or whatever gives you like a directive, you need to do now we're going to do this. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. And that's yeah. But I guess they're all prepped for this. They're training for the combine. I've been watching it. I actually don't really watch the combine because it's pretty boring. It's boring. But well, you might this year because it's in prime time. And also I got a TV at my desk at Yahoo Sports. Yeah. So I'm watching it and I'm watching the tight ends this afternoon. And whenever they dropped a pass, I felt so bad for them because this is a really big thing for them. And I imagine there'll be some guys who, who go undrafted and, you know, they invite 20 or 30 guys there and maybe only 10 or so get drafted. And you're some guy from Eastern whatever state and you're dropping a pass. I felt so bad for the players. That's, well, that's what, what really hurt me about watching the combat. Don't today. feel too bad about it because one of like the worst gauntlet performances of the recent memory was Michael Thomas 
Mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. people like on fantasy Twitter were legit like, you know, sharing the I mean, it might have been Vine at that time. It was so long ago. But, you know, sent the, the screenshots, the 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 image captures of him just dropping passes left and right, running through the gauntlet. And now, now that guy catches everything. Most 20, efficient receiver in the league. Most <laughs> catches in, uh, in a single season ever. I didn't know that. I didn't watch the Michael Thomas combine, obviously. But it's funny because the NFL Network opened up the combine coverage today with this whole animation of it's a shot of Patrick Mahomes at the combine. And oh, as yeah. you throw it, it morphs into Patrick Mahomes throwing it in the red and yeah. gold. And then there was one of Michael Thomas, too. And Michael Thomas diving for a catch in his, in his little black tank top in the at the combine and then it they morphs him into him in a saints uniform so it's funny to know that he probably didn't even catch that pass yep we are going to talk about the combine a little bit but before we do that we feel like this is a great time of year especially with all of these coaches gathering and just blowing all sorts of smoke in indianapolis to test our bs meters right mm-hmm. so let's start with various rumors narratives whatever you want to call them that have kind of bubbled up and Matt and I will decide whether we think they're full on BS or there's some truth to it. Let's get the bullshit meter out. I was saying BS, but okay. Uh, Brady to the chargers confirmed. <laughs> Is there a, can we have like a sound effect for this? One? I feel like, I think that's the sound effect. Just the noise me you just saying, made. Yep. Yep. All right. Yep. So Matt, <laughs> how much seriousness are you taking that rumor. Well, I was having a phone conversation with my dad yesterday. And I said, "There's oh, another n- another nug from another, your dad. Another nug from he really my dad. likes Dwayne Haskins and his work ethic. I hear. Yeah, whoops. Um, well, he likes his financial responsibility. He didn't say anything about his work ethic. Theoretically, you can run into a lot of money and know how to make money off your money without really having a great work. He says ethic. a man who lives at the beach. So shoot. I guess so. <laughs> um, now. We, I was saying, I was like, there's no way he's leaving New England. And then, of course, like the next day, there's all these reports that he's going to he's pretty much he's going to he's going to leave. I still don't know if I really buy it or not. You know, like I'm still a little I, I still am very skeptical that he plays anywhere else because my point to my dad on the phone is I don't really see a lot of landing spots. Now, there's the Chargers. That's the one we talked about. I can't remember who else it Tampa was. Bay. Bruce Arians was like, well, really? I mean, Bruce Arians did say who else is out there when asked who else is out yeah. there besides Jameis Winston. He said Philip Rivers and Tom Brady. Again, the word say is very much in play here. I also want to say that Karen Gergian, who's a pan, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her last name properly, but um, she's a Pat's beat writer for the Boston Herald. She tweeted that the Patriots still have not reached out to Tom Brady, yeah. according to a source, and quote, it's not looking good. And that is why this narrative has in part cropped up. Um, of course, Ian Rappaport also said something, but shouts to the little people who are doing the work on the ground instead of, you know, Absolutely. the bigger folks. Um, sure. Also, it's worth noting that Brady's agent, Don Yee, who, fun fact, signed Brady in 1999 when he was a senior at Michigan. So this has been Yee's big break. He's been his agent for Brady's entire career, is in Indianapolis taking meetings with other teams. So you see this lifelong confidant of Brady's, no longer just his agent. I think when you've been with someone that long, there's more of a a loyalty and a relationship there than just, quote, agent. Um, He wasn't like Ryan Tannehill, who Dumped his agent and went to CAA the minute the minute, <laughs> the minute he got he hot, had you know. <laughs> so Brady's with Yee. Yee's taking meetings. The Boston Herald beat writers reporting that things aren't quote looking good. Jeff and Darlington now, said he'd be stunned if he's back in New England. That being Tom Brady, right? 
And Mike Tannenbaum said on ESPN that Brady's strong, quote, strong relationship with Vrabel led people around the NFL to believe that the Titans are realistically ending spot. Speaking of Ryan Tannehill, Michael Lombardi also said that. And he also put the Raiders out there as pursuers, which is funny that we've all talked about the Chargers all offseason or all all offseason. It feels like it's been forever, but these last couple of weeks, (laughs) but they're not really out there in terms of the rumor mill. It's more of the Raiders and interestingly, the Titans. Now, I think it would be really weird for the Titans to to make that move, I I think. But uh, the Raiders, the Raiders make sense because like Gruden is just a quarterback collector. Sure. And also, I think there's for a the, franchise that they need to build here. Same too. with, like, same the, with Chargers the Chargers and the Raiders make sense from the pure like, hey, we've got, you know, we've got Brady. It's all it's all I don't know. I'm also like I maybe I'm overthinking this or I'm galaxy braining the take here. But I don't really I mean, Brady's obviously marketable because he's like he's Tom freaking Brady. But like, it's not exactly like going to be out there giving you like a bunch of spicy quotes. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking a little too deep. Well, I that. think there's a there's a quote Jersey selling appeal there right like that's always the angle that folks take but i don't i am with you matt i do not believe that it is a foregone conclusion that tom brady is going to the chargers in fact maybe ye is sitting here building this This is what a good agent would do one that you've theoretically not theoretically when you have in fact been with your entire career you would assume is quite good at his job and so he is drumming up rumors to create more cause for the patriots to spend the money that we both think brady's going to ask for yeah i think the only stunner would be if he signs with New England before free agency because it's clear he wants to test the market, see what else is out there. That I don't believe in, but I believe I'm a little bit like, yeah. Well, Kraft gave him a March 16th deadline, I believe. Yeah, I still, I don't, I don't buy, I don't, I don't buy. I mean, I think if he reaches free agency, like there's a really good chance that he's gone. Like I guess I think it's probably, what do you like put, put percentage wise? What do you think percentage is he's out of here? Out of 30%. You think out of New England, 30%. 70% he stays. He returns. Okay. I think I'm leading like more 50 50. Mm. Like, I think, I, I think, because I think if he gets to free agency, like somebody will make him a tasty enough offer that he's going to go. And I, my, the, like reading the tea leaves from what everybody is saying, he wants to test the market. And I think if he tests the market, I think the, pay, I think Bill Belichick, not the Patriots, but I think the head coach really doesn't give a whether he's back or not which is crazy but it also makes yeah but i mean we all want to be wanted and it seems to me tom brady might know that he's got something good at home but he still wants to know that he can walk into a bar and get what he wants to get right like those of us who've been in relationships a minute want to go out there and be like you don't really mean much to me but i'll take the accolades right and then you go back home and you feel okay exactly um let's if if you are a patriot's fan pulling your hair out a little bit i think there's also a little bit of a side of the story as well that's tied to the cba right where sure. at least on the new england side they're saying well we don't even know what the and, and even tom brady as well we don't know what the cba is going to be why, why are we going to try to bang out a deal with him if four days from now we have a new collective bargaining agreement so maybe there's some there's some hope for pats fans still Philip rivers the other veteran quarterback who's in the mix now the directive here or the line that Brett has written is Rivers to Tampa confirmed. I'm going to give that a giant. (laughs) (laughs) Because if he's going anywhere, it's Indianapolis. We've already we've already theorized that, Brett. Yeah. So I remember the last episode. I only listened to every episode twice. So that's a fair. No, no. no. (laughs) I think more interesting than 
where Rivers will land. So there's the rumor of Tampa Bay is not just because his family has moved to northern Florida, but also because, as I said earlier, Bruce Arian said, well, there are these two other options available and named Rivers as one of them. His relationship, though, with Frank Reich and Nick Siriano, I believe, um, link him more closely to the Colts. And I, I think the more interesting conversation is what the Colts would do in the draft if they grabbed Philip Rivers. Because it also looks like the staff there, obviously the Andrew Luck retirement threw them a curveball. I think they would like Jacoby Brissett to be the guy. They enjoy him. They see his potential, but they're not sold on yeah, him. Yep. Right? Which like, I think is the right move. Of the boxes. Yeah, which I think is the right move. And there's that offensive line we talked about that mm-hmm. would make Philip Rivers probably feel a lot more comfortable, both in theory and in practice. Yep. But if the Colts did sign Philip Rivers, I mean... So Brian Hoyer's out. Yeah. Right. Maybe Jacoby gets traded. I don't know where he lands. Maybe there's a backup situation. And then I would like to see if they make a move to draft Jordan Love, the kid out of Utah State. A nice, like, developmental. I'm not saying he's Patrick Mahomes, but uh, I've got a little. Jim Nagy. Jim Nagy did, yeah. Reminds me sometimes. Yeah. I mean, he's not the only one either. Some people like. Big arm, but lacks touch. Yeah. Yeah. Every every single like coach yeah. likes to believe that they can teach they can, touch, yeah, fix right? Them, yep. So, um, and I do think that the Colts are picking at the 13 spot. So, mm-hmm. love would be in in play there. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think Philip Rivers and um and the development of quarterback makes a lot of sense there. The Tampa Bay one though is the one that's like, God, they re- they really don't want to be stuck with Jameis. You know, that's like that one. I'm I'm all in on that. Like. You don't say we just want to see what's behind door number two if that's your guy. So I don't think that's right. You don't I, think that's no, right? No, I think they know that they are going to be stuck with Jameis. Oh, I think just... they understand that and they know that. And this is making Jameis feel as lucky as possible as he can be to have this job because they're going to try to screw him on a deal and they're going to try to screw him on money and maybe also do that that Jedi mind messing so that they can um kind of get him to be better right like mm. i think this might be a motivational take i think bruce arians and his bluntness bluntness tends to is, is all part of a master plan so i think very i think they know that they have got to have Jameis winston and they're like all right what can we do to lower the price on this this is what we're going to end up getting and can we mess with his brain enough to move him in a direction that he hasn't because you know they've done the platitudes they've given him but nobody has like put him in a real competition yeah (laughs) Yeah. but maybe if they reverse Mm sailing you saw the jags uh you saw the jags try to do this with blake bortles didn't work but the we're gonna make some competition finally after so many years of just like saying he's our guy he's our guy we believe throw in a little bit of competition and then see what happens yeah i think so i mean it's just like what form is that competition going to be if it's also, you know, if he's also on the roster, because if he's on the roster, he's going to command like twenty five plus million dollars a year, probably. Yeah. But if uh, they make him feel lucky, he might take a little bit of a discount maybe. and then they have I, more money to work. I with. feel like they're begging someone else to give him that money. Well, but you're not but you're not making a market around him. If if other teams aren't interested in buying Jameis Winston, if Arian is like he's a pass like that doesn't that's not. Smart business. Who's in? That's like the anti-Taysom Hill. I think they probably feel like if a team, 
if a team is stupid enough to pay Jameis Winston, they're already stupid enough. It doesn't matter what we say. Mm, I think they might be doing what Mike Mayock is doing with Derek Carr, Hmm. if that were the case. Because I think if we want to jump to that um, rumor, you know, Mayock, who is the, I don't know, I want to say the like combine OG, the combine godfather. (laughs) Interesting to watch him from this perspective, right? As someone who was a media personality and is now gone back to his front office role. Um, And the Raiders are an interesting squad, not just because they're coming off of hard knocks and moving to Vegas, obviously, but what is Mayock? Mayock is saying that they like Carr very, very much, right? He played at a, quote, high level, but we're open. We're open. Yeah. If we can, we're going to evaluate every position every year. If we can get better, we will. Gruden sort of gave something of a similar Mm kind of quote to this. Oh, there's been a meeting about what to say. Yeah, there's there there's been a yeah. closed door. Like this is how we're gonna. Here's the statement. Right. Everybody memorize it. Yeah, and the, the, my favorite part about this is Carr is so pissed about it. Like every time, like he's addressed it publicly, has said at times like that he's annoyed. He finds it annoying. Like why doesn't everybody? <laughs> why doesn't everybody just believe in me? Sort of thing. Well, it's like, well, buddy, I don't know what to tell you. He's a weird one too. Like what happens to him if they bring in if they bring in a, a Tom Brady or a Philip Rivers. I don't think Rivers is like out of the question for no, no, for for Vegas either. Like, but if they bring in somebody like this, hell, I don't think Jameis is out of the question for for this for this team either. Like, if if he gets to the to the market, like I'd have to read Mayock's scouting report on Jameis from a couple of years ago. I'd have yeah, I'd have to too. I'd also have to like how stubborn is because like, I mean the thing with Jameis is just I mean I can't stand it, but you know. Interestingly, the Las Vegas Raiders posted on Facebook and they had like a next generation post on their on their Facebook page with a bunch of jerseys. They had Jonathan Abram, the safety, Max Crosby, um, Josh. Jacobs, Hunter Renfro, even Hunter Renfro made the damn graphic. Darren Waller and Cleland Farrell, no Derek Carr jersey. Of course, and look, let me tell you, he that, saw it. He saw absolutely. it, and he's pissed, and he's pissed oh, he's about the alert. Yeah, this is the, yeah, right. He's he's getting every, you know, and he's trying to he's trying to do it himself too with the with the Instagram post with Khalil Mack. Like, not not the best attempt, but like, sure, I I don't know. And by the way, just if Tom Brady goes to uh, the 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 Raiders. How high is your Hunter Renfro hype uh, train going to go? I mean, like 100 passes, 122, <laughs> 135. How many passes is he catching next you year? You know, I would love to see MGM maybe do an over-under on a weekly basis and you're just for me to go to over, Vegas. Over, and- over, 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 yep. over, over, Every over. Every single week. Every single week. <laughs> 11 and a half over-under. I don't care. More. I think, though, that Mike Mayock knows the audience here and he's doing a very good job of creating a market for Carr while also playing it safe enough that if they're stuck with Carr, they're stuck with Carr. Yeah, I think that's yeah, like they're not totally just cutting the cord, whatever. But yeah, I think I feel like I feel like the next team we're going to talk about is kind of the same thing, too. Like they're just enough putting one toe in the water but not fully diving in. Well, I don't, we may not be have the same, who is your player? Is it, is it Cam? The next one is Cam, yeah. You said last week that for the first time, you felt like maybe Cam wasn't coming back to the yep. Panthers. Yep, And then... And I trust your instincts on this one. So I'm, I'm genuinely interested to hear how your analysis has detoured and journeyed. Yeah, so actually, I wrote about this this week uh, for the website. Uh, was it, the, yeah, it was this week. Because... On Tuesday, it was Matt Rule, the new head coach, came out and said, like, I'm excited to coach Cam. I'm really 
excited. If he's, you know, he's here. Like, I'm excited. He's an impressive guy through all this praise on him. And like. Round off, flip, flop, flip, flop. For well, sure for yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, was, yeah, like he said, very excited to coach Cam. And I, I said, that is the strongest statement without even a close second to anything that we've gotten from the team in terms of like their commitment to him in 2020. And a few people hit me back like, oh, that doesn't guarantee that he's that that statement doesn't guarantee that he's on the roster. Somebody even threw me the link of Cliff Kingsbury saying Josh Rosen is, quote, our guy. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of my point. That was the strongest statement we've gotten. And it's not really a full commitment. It's not. I'm excited to have, you know, he even Matt Rule even said as he's talking to the media, I don't make the decisions, essentially, like. If we if there's a trade that will make the Carolina Panthers better, we do the trade, you know, that sort of thing. He also wouldn't guarantee, you know, he wouldn't guarantee anybody's starting spot, which is just typical new coach stuff. But whatever. To me, I have I have believed pretty much since we sat here in this room in October of 2019, I went back and looked it up when we I said, I don't buy it at all. No way. These Cam not going to be with the Panthers because I just don't know what else they're going to do. And I still don't frankly don't know what else they're going to do if they let if they trade Cam. But my thinking has evolved since then. I I I, I, I this is for the first time that I do like I don't I the answer really just remains. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be there. I don't know if he's going to be gone. But this is the first time I've allowed the doubt to creep into my mind since February because the the statements from the owner I think are just ominous enough to to give themselves an out but my my conspiracy theory take here is that I think Tepper realizing again about creating a market for your quarterback you can't say if healthy Cam is our guy and then try to trade him because then you're essentially signaling to everybody he's not healthy well, this is the issue. I mean, there's a timeline of health here. Also, I don't think Matt Royal knows what he has. I don't think anyone knows no. what they have in Cam because he's been banged up for two consecutive seasons. And it is worth noting that Jordan Rodriguez reported on the 17th of February that Cam was expected to be cleared for football activities by March, right? He's expected to pass the physical that everybody is waiting to hear about. Yeah. I want to give props to our own Charles Robinson, who I think has been thinking next level about this situation from the beginning. And he basically says, similarly to what you have echoed, which is, well, cool, how can they move him? Yeah. Nobody wants a broken toy, no matter how fantastic a name. Mm -hmm. And the timeline is such that it's March he's going to be cleared? Like, no, nah, that's free agency. So what trade fodder do the Panthers really have to move him? Right. I think Royal is going to have to have him for a year and then we've talked about Royal's contract, right? It's seven years. Seven so he's got plenty years. of time to mm -hmm. build a brand and have someone behind Cam. And maybe this gets to be with Cam, healthy or not healthy, gets to be Royal's like, it's, it's a freebie almost of a year, of a season. Yeah, because I think they're like, I think they're not a, like an awful candidate to tank, like to tank for Trevor. Get Trevor Lawrence in there next year, but we've seen how fraught that can be. You know, we all until thought, Trevor Lawrence like hurts his hip in October, and now we have a new know, or until they're picking four or five right. instead of number one overall. So, yeah, I, I I don't I don't know. Like it's they're just a they're a very weird team right now. Here's what I do know: like if Cam is I don't know eighty percent of the player that he used to be, I think he's in like. I, th I think the offense is in a really great spot because I still think there's enough talent there that there's a lot to build on. And I think that like 
they could be a very nice sleeper offense in 2020. If you're, you know, looking for bargains, I still think, you know, Curtis Samuel will be a bargain. I think DJ Moore might even be a, a mild bargain if there's uncertainty behind center. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of potential there, but it's, I, I agree with you. Like the time that there is a timeline issue and somebody like there's, we're talking about this robust quarterback market, all of these great options. Somebody's going to be left without a chair. That's just the way it mm-hmm. goes when you when you play this game. So, and I think Cam and the Panthers could look at each other and just say, "Hey, there's nothing. There's nothing better here. Uh, let's just let's just make ha- the best keep, of it. Just keep keep you in your seat." And Royals doing a very good job of talking about Cam as a father, how he balances oh, yeah. everything, right? So he's definitely trying to calm the market, I think, and make Cam feel wanted. Yep. Yep. So Washington and Rivera. Um, <laughs> Are meeting with both Tua and Joe Burrow at the Combine. And of course, everybody's like, oh my gosh, Dwayne Haskins, old regime. Could this mean that Ron Rivera, he said that... Great with um, his finances, but you know. <laughs> right, right. Ron, well, he's going to have to be. Because um, <laughs> Ron Rivera says that all options are on the table. This, like, whenever we talk about Washington, we did last week, like, there are so many needs. I also don't think it's a foregone conclusion that they take Chase Young at the number two. Like, what's to say that these guys don't load up on picks and trade Bail. back because yep. they don't necessarily need a player like Young when they need a cornerback and they need Every, Trent Williams. Yep. Trent Williams is like, you better give me a contract. Or you better let me the F go. Mm-hmm. Right. You have some receivers, but you just don't have enough pieces, especially to support a young quarterback that the owner, not just the former president, was completely bananas for. Yeah, for and it's sure. local to the area. So you know that they've like done the home visits and like uh, that whole regional dance. Yeah, is they've happening. seen his apartment, which uh, you know apparently great. your dad has apparently, too. Apparently, dad has yeah. got full full briefing on. Um, I I do kind of think this is a is a trade down ploy. I'm surprised by how many, not just Washington fans, but just this, I hate when people do this, but I'm surprised by how many people on Twitter. I hate that I just did it, but I did it anyways. People on Twitter, like, don't want them to trade down, like, because Chase Young is just that good. It's like, oh, give me a break. Like, he could be, you know, like Khalil Mack, and it would still be worth getting the extra draft capital. Absolutely. Like, for sure, because you just need so much. Like, there, congrats, you'll be 6-10 and 10 next year mm-hmm. with Chase Young. <laughs> no, well, no, and I mean, matter. if you don't, if you don't, then... If you don't trade down, I mean, not that like Daniel Snyder cares about what anyone thinks of or him, winning, clearly, period. right? But then you're going to get the Gettleman treatment, right? The like Saquon number uh, two overall treatment, right? Well, like we're, we'll get there. <laughs> He's a, it's 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 a, it's an off season, man. It's it's performance art, Dave Gettleman time. But I mean, I, I think they are trying to drum up interest to get somebody to come up for this pick, which I think is the smart move. I would be I would be surprised if Dwayne Haskins is not the week one starter for Washington. If any of these other goofballs come in there, that would be a little surprising to me because it's like you said, they just need so much. And on the Trent Williams thing, hey, Washington, get ready for Daryl Williams because my guy Daryl Williams <laughs> is a free agent and nobody loved to start Daryl Williams like Ron Rivera. Like, so just get ready for him to replace Trent Williams and enjoy that. There's so much damage control. Can we just talk about Ron Rivera, like, walking and being like, I have so much damage control. Like, first of all, he's, like, talking about how the team needs to regain their trust in the strength staff there. And I I love, though, that the Washington strength coach, Chad Englehart, um, is running the—he ran the bench press this year, and he ran it again (sighs) last year. And they are, like, they're, like— 
Washington Twitter is like, look, look, we know what we're doing. Look at that. Everybody loves this guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. Uh, right. But there's clearly a, a PR move, too. Didn't they bring in like the, the I think I thought they brought in the guy from Carolina who, like you could argue, has botched the whole Cam Newton situation for well, also, quite some time. So. Do you remember two years ago when the 40, two or three years ago when the 49ers were all sorts of banged up? When oh, was, yeah, right. Yeah. Their um, strength and conditioning coach was from Washington. Kyle Shanahan brought him over. So like the, right, exactly. <laughs> Brilliant, baby. Let's get just relegate that team. Joe Burrow settles that he the rumors that he might pull an Eli saying that he wouldn't do such a thing. Also, his dad's not Archie Manning. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he, his, he does have NFL bloodlines and baby hands. <laughs> so did you you saw his tweet? Which yeah, I that loved. was brilliant. That was brilliant. He did. For those of you who don't know, he said, quote, or he tweeted, quote, considering retirement after I was informed that the football will be slipping out of my tiny hands. Please keep me in your thoughts. His hands measured nine inches. Patrick Mahomes, whose hands measured, I believe, nine and a quarter inches, oh, then quarter like ago. quote tweeted yeah. and said, I got you, bro, or something. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of two sassy QBs in Ohio. Wow. Yeah, that's great. I mean, look, just the I my favorite, though, at the end is to keep me in your thoughts. That's like. That's the, the what takes that tweet to like the next level. You know, that's that's good stuff. I thought that there was actually a chance like you could really connect the dots on the whole Burrow like doesn't want to play for the Bengals thing because Jordan Palmer's his quarterback coach, who obviously is Carson Palmer's brother, who Carson Palmer like legitimately hates the Bengals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think you could connect the dots, but I guess it's not, it's not really a story if he says it's not really a story. He's also talked about how he feels in relation to Baker. There's a lot of like, I, I think it's because of this, the state and the geography, but like, you know, there's going to be ups and downs if you're the first overall pick, because obviously you're the first overall pick for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. Like your team's not great. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to that team. And so he would expect some adversity. Josina Anderson had an interesting interview with him on her Instagram. So I think, Oh, she also asked him um, how he would approach it. I thought it was a brilliant job as an interviewer. She asked him um, how he would integrate himself or ingratiate himself to vets like, oh, I don't know, Andy Dalton. And then Burrow was like, well, just like anyone, I would be whatever the team needed me to be. Nice. It was a, very, it was a, a little bit of a masterclass there. We talked about the Raiders, so I don't think we need to go over their um, rumors again. Um, do you want to talk about the Giants and the quote performance art that is <laughs> David Gettleman? I mean, what a what a guy! I love that there he's... are no throwaway lines, Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are no throwaway lines. That's right, Dave. Um, and when you do like one interview a year, back when you're GM with the Panthers, you should know that. Uh, but anyways, he says like they're open for business. We're going to do whatever we uh, whatever we do is going to be in our best interest. And he, of course, cautions against trading back because, by the way, he's never traded back ever one single time. That is an unbelievable that is an unbelievable stat. He has ran seven drafts for two teams. And Matt is right. Never once never traded back. Once traded back, that's an unbelievable. That's like that's just insane. Because you can quote trade yourself back out of good players. Well, I mean, (laughs) this is the quote. When you can, yeah, you're right. You could trade yourself out of Kelvin Benjamin. You could trade yourself out of. I mean, I don't. I don't need to relive Panthers history here, but I think Dave has had some decent. Like, I think he might have an okay eye for, like, who's a good and bad player. 
because he's he's not necessarily made a lot of bad scouting decisions. Bad scouting, but he shouldn't be. Run, I mean, it's just unbelievable that he's still running a team and running a draft room. Like, I mean, this this team is the Giants littered with with needs, especially along the defensive side of the ball. But like. How's he going to sit there at number four and justify taking another defensive tackle? Well, they are restructuring <laughs> their defense, right? They let Ogletree, two linebackers, Ogletree and Kareem Martin. They let both of them go. Those, those guys have been released, right? So, like, you think maybe uh, Isaiah Simmons, who's a linebacker, could be in play there. There's an offensive tackle. I mean, you did draft Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, you know, awfully high two years in a row. So maybe you want to protect those investments. Oh, God, I'm thinking of Dave Gettleman makes me want to die. I think he's great. Perfor- I mean, I think calling him performance art is fantastic. I like these personalities. If he's, like, re- I mean, it's just if he's if he's serious, like that's one well, thing. But I do, but I do, a... I do think he's, I do think he's leaning in. And we love like, the, the Yahoo Fantasy Football podcast. We love people that lean in. I'll lean in all you want. Yeah, I agree. We agree with leaning in. I think. Side note: There's just like a little. It's fascinating to me from like an ego standpoint that this guy, I think you're right, does have a a pretty good eye for talent and he could be a good scout. So then you have to know, well, I guess you don't have to because hell, he's, you know, doing better than I am. But like, it would be wise to know your limitations so that if you knew, for instance, strategy wasn't your thing, right? Like in a game of poker, you're not great because even though you understand the game, you just, that's not where your the skills lie, right? Yeah. That's not, so then maybe you have like a consigliere or someone that you talk to, you're like, okay, what should I do? You got you to gotta find that person that can like help advise in the weaknesses that you have or dress them, help address them for you. Or just lean in. And by the way, he's doing fine, right? Like we may be making fun of him for having never traded back, for seven drafts over two teams, but like he's still a GM at two teams. So, you know, yep, yep. when we're doing fearless forecasts, what's up? <sighs> Don't say that. I am fearlessly forecasting seven more drafts for David Gettleman and zero trade downs. <laughs> Book it. Uh, so, Brett is enjoying the trolling of yours truly. And so he decided to put a damn bear's nug. On here, the Bears and, and Pace are taking their time to disguise us on a fit. No, I can't even say it. <laughs> the Bears and Pace are taking time to decide on a fifth year option for five year, fifth year option. Why are we talking five? My accent comes out when I talk about this shit too. I get so, five years of Mitch Trubisky. Get out of here, Brett. Don't even look like you're looking at me and just shrugging like you. They're they're evaluating their options. They don't want to. They don't want to lock anything in too soon. Yeah, cool. Cool. Is so. that BS or is that <laughs> get the BS meter out? Stop it. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> I had nothing to do with this. So Oh, did you add this? Is no. That... No, he didn't. <laughs> oh. I just opened the outline five minutes before we started. I don't have time to write things. So Matt, on it. do you think it's uh, where'd you go where are you at in the Bears BS meter? <laughs> I think they probably um I think they probably will not pick up his fifth year option. Yeah, it's the fifth year option. Let's let's see. All right. At least Chicago's standing behind their guy, not doing this mean stuff like Tampa Bay is doing with behind door number two. I don't know. It's a little more exciting. Also, like if I'm going to put it out there, like maybe Derek Carr to the Bears, like that doesn't surprise me. I'm I'm warming to that more and more 
as you're we, accepting. No, 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 no. I'm warming to that as, as it happening. Not uh, that I like it. Like, okay. I feel like that is a real possibility. I don't like any of it. But I feel like that's a real possibility. You know, they'd have a 21.5 million cap hit as opposed to 7.9 million in dead money. So. Mm. Yeah, his, his car's contract is like cuttable, too. Mm-hmm. So I think they could straight up then like, oh, my God, imagine trying to sell your fan base on we just signed Derek Carr to starting quarterback money. You want to go to the next segment? I need a minute. I you don't. You can't sell it. Like you just can't sell that. No, not as a long term solution. Like if you're gonna, if you're gonna like you know Ryan Tannehill him or I mean I still think you're Ryan Tannehill Andy Dalton man I still think that's the way to go. Look look how well that, that turned out. Andy Dalton throwing uh, prayers up to Allen Robinson, hitting those little bunny bunny passes to. Anthony Miller in the slot. Only if Andy Dalton brings the Mohawk back, then I might be willing to get into it. Fauxhawk. Sure, sure. Okay, fine. It worked out so well that they're going to let Ryan Tannehill walk Lock inside a 43-year-old quarterback. <laughs> hey, what about Ryan Tannehill to New England? Wouldn't that be funny? I still think Teddy Bridgewater uh, is 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 a good Patriots option. What about oh. what about Teddy Bridgewater the Colts? Sure. I'm kind of getting a little more. I'm kind of getting a little more. Yeah, for the for the audio listeners, which is all of you. (laughs) Well, I was just thinking about it. I mean, I just I don't know if that's wildly different from what they have. What the Colts? Yeah. Oh, I think he's like a lot better than Jacoby Brissett. Really? Yeah. I'm not that big of a fan of Brissett. But I think that Brissett is is passable enough, and if they gave him some weapons, you might have be able to drag some production out of him. Yeah, that's true. They're pretty light on weapons. Although that offensive line, I mean, that offensive line is not for nothing. And Teddy Bridgewater might be able to settle down into himself a little bit more if given the time, especially when you consider like the PTSD that he must have gone through after his catastrophic injury. Legitimately, yeah. 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 So we are going to talk rookies a little bit, but I do want to say that as we are recording this, they are probably running their 40s. So we don't have times on them. But I don't really think that that's necessary for this conversation because, frankly, with the exception of one of the receivers, what they do in Indianapolis isn't really going to sway my evaluation of them terribly unless something really goes sideways and, and they they do quite awfully. Um, there's three receivers and three running backs CeeDee Lamb out of Oklahoma, Jerry Judy out of Alabama, and Henry Ruggs third out of Alabama as well. Ruggs is the speed demon. Matt mentioned him last week. He's often comp to Tyreek Hill. I'm not going to get into a conversation about comps unless you want to, but he is the speed guy. Of the players who are in Indianapolis, if any of them were to threaten John Ross's record, Henry Ruggs is on that list with Jalen Rager out of TCU and Jonathan Taylor, who's a running back we'll talk about. But that's pretty much it, right? So yeah. If Ruggs does not put up a great 40 time, I'm a little bit concerned because that's sort of what he does. Sure. Of these three receivers, though, the two out of Alabama and the one out of Oklahoma, which is your favorite? I do want to note you said Jalen Rager or whatever, uh, by the way, is blowing up the combine currently. He hasn't run his 40 yet, but he's at like a 42-inch vert and like an 11-foot broad jump. I wrote about him in January. I think that he's a candidate to go at the like 30th overall spot to the Packers because we know Spicy. the MVS experiment has not worked out so Spicy. i think that oh, that might be oh, a good God, one. mbs yeah what a blast from the past i love i really like rugs a lot you do yeah hmm. a lot a lot like not just because he's fast so like yeah if he goes out there and runs like a four three eight which is the i think official 
over under or whatever. Like that's what people had been expecting. If he goes out and runs that, that's great. Like to me, because I think he sets up defenders really well, which is what you want to see from a vertical receiver. You want to see them, you know, not just you can't just run by people in the NFL. That's that's we talk about this with the deep third all the time. Like you have to be able to sell that vertical route and snap back short. And I think he does a pretty good amount of that. Like I think there's plenty. I think he's plenty similar to Marquise Brown, who we both really liked last year. But you know, maybe he's he's obviously bigger. Almost everybody's bigger than Marquise Brown. I really I really like him as a prospect. These type of these type of guys, I think it's very easy to get sold on because they bring their own individual, you know, ability to the table, but they also bring the ability to change and flip your offense just because of their presence on the field. And I know he will get criticized because he's like, was their number three receiver, you know, in terms of stats, or whatever. We just saw a guy in, in DK Metcalf do that. Like very similar to me, not similar players, but very similar cases in that there are certainly nits to pick, but th- what they bring to the table, I think is so much more valuable than the negatives are uh, a downside. You don't find him one dimensional. No, I don't. Okay. I, like him better than Judy, which is interesting is because interesting. Judy is the ultra productive number one receiver, double digit touchdowns in back to back years, the Bolitnikoff winner last year, um, 2018, you know, two seasons ago. But I also find Jerry Judy kind of boring. Yeah. To be honest. Like, the, sure. Like, much more a player who leans on finesse over physicality, in my estimation. Also, like, runs with his knees kind of high. Just, just, I was just like, wow, he like gets those knees up. That's that's great for Zumba, I think. I don't know. I've never taken this. <laughs> but I, I really like C.D. Lamb. Like he is a very much a, a kind of player that I like. When I watched him, I wrote three times in a row, instincts, instincts, instincts. I think he can do all the things I like that. You know that I like a player. That, you love yak guys. I do like yak guys and I like guys who are versatile, right? Mm-hmm. He can play all three levels of the field. I got a soft spot for a Z receiver. Um, I liked... D, I like Debo Samuel. Not that he's the same player, but when I watched C.D. Lamb, I he reminded me of Chris Godwin. Huh. That was the immediate comp that I found. Just um, does everything really well. Yeah. And I, I think that uh, I would value versatility, especially from a fantasy perspective, because the issue with Ruggs, again, from a fantasy perspective, is, is if he lands somewhere that doesn't know how to fully utilize his skill set. DJ Trump, oh, yeah. a great example, right? Laid fallow for how many years until finally something popped for him, right? And the, the speed was able to be utilized. If he doesn't land in a spot that has um, enough enough of a vision around him, then... I don't think you're going to get as much value out of him. But C.D. Lamb, I think, could land pretty much anywhere and be an immediate contributor, assuming he isn't buried on a depth chart. And I, I don't think he will be at, you know, the number. I mean, I said in an article I wrote on that was published on Tuesday, he had GTFOYAC. <laughs> Nicely done. Um, I, I think that there's uh, like all three of those guys to me, I think, are really appealing. And I think all three of them will be gone within the top 15 picks. Wow. Yeah. Um, and 15 being your guys' Denver Broncos. Uh, I think the Broncos are a pretty good uh, candidate to draft like a receiver in the first round. Rugs to Denver, to me, makes the most sense. I think that does make a lot of sense because, you know, Cortland Sutton is really good at pretty like being that outside dominant number one receiver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, I think that, yeah, Rugs makes a lot of sense as kind of a lid lifter, especially for a guy like Locke, who didn't really have one of those last year. And does possess 
a big arm, all of that type of stuff. Uh, Judy, though, to me, I, I I love the fact that he's boring. Like, give me give me those boring guys. Like, I'm I'm a sucker for for boring. Like, just get out there, you know, get open, run routes well. And I I always like those players People a lot. Are, but the OBJ comps are. I was nah, like, I mean, come, come on, guys, on. get out of here. This guy is like AJ Green or People, Cortland. He is not. He's not OBJ. People, you know, people comped. Um, Let me see who I had actually. Who the hell was? Oh, people used to comp Amari Cooper to to Odell Beckham too. After like his rookie year, and then Cooper came in the draft. And actually, I actually have Judy comp to Kenny Stills. Huh, that doesn't seem boring. I mean, I like Kenny Stills, but you yeah, know. yeah I think that's a favorable. I mean, that, that that to me was more of what I was seeing. Let's talk about the running backs. Okay, now you take the wheel. I haven't looked at one of these guys for a single second because they, you know, they don't matter. Anyways. <laughs> DeAndre Swift out of Georgia, J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State, and Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin. Like I mentioned earlier, Jonathan Taylor at the combine is getting the most amount of buzz because. He's a high school track standout. He won state in the 100-meter relay, I believe, his junior and senior years of high school. So he's fast. He's also my he's, uh, my biggest issue with him has nothing to do with skill set, really, but he has had 300 touches for three consecutive years as a Badger. So that's a little bit worrisome. Um, when I look at Swift... It's funny because when we talk about receivers, you're right, I don't like the boring ones as much. But when we talk about running backs, I do like the quote more boring running backs, the one who are traditional grinders. J.K. Dobbins, to me, has experience as a pass catcher, but he is certainly not the pass catcher that DeAndre Swift is. For those of you who don't know, Swift has drawn comparisons to Dalvin Cook. But Dobbins is like a goal line gremlin, impossible to take down, incredible balance. Goal line gremlin. Super durable, <laughs> super durable. I don't think he hasn't missed a game in three seasons. So I really enjoy him. Of the three, he is my personal favorite but again not that that matters I do think he could be an impact player pretty immediately though yeah and I think that's exciting for for fantasy I think when we're talking about these running backs pre-draft it's like who could make that immediate contribution who could like be a player that you know is behind a middling vet and you know they go down and boom we've got a guy Mm -hmm. in the starting job Right away. And I mean, you know, obviously there are spots that will come to people's mind, but that's the type of player that I think we're looking for. And I I love that you highlight, you know, a guy who can keep balance, you know, run through contact. That's the type of player that you're looking for in terms of these guys. I mean, I think people always come back to like Kareem Hunt as a great example of, you know, a player that was a not first round pick, you know, and was behind that middling veteran like a Spencer Ware. And I think it's the ability to do the job run like make people miss run through contact be tough to tackle and have really good balance those are the type of backs that we should all be on the lookout for absolutely and i like that that uh, dobbins definitely finishes all of his run just a couple cool career highlights most rushing yards in a season in osu history with over 2000 um he rushed for 100 or more yards 19 times is insane to me. Like I said, he never missed a game in three years, and he started 40 of 42 games in which he played. Yeah, that's a good resume. I'd like to see him land in a nice spot and keep that name out as as someone that I think could, as a rookie, perform for Fantasy Heads. We are going to keep performing as fantasy heads for you. How was that for a seamless? Oh, that's I mean, just like just, my subtle performance. Yeah, uh, which right. direction? Uh, which hole do I go? Am I going around this corner? Or am I going left or right? Or uh, 
it's February and we will be back next week, which will be March. I think will it finally be March next it week? It will yes. be March. Despite the leap day. We'll, it'll still be March. Okay, good to know. Is this a leap year? Leap day on Saturday. You can do whatever you want. Laws don't apply. That's true. Is that, that true? Legally, uh, that's legally, yeah. Don't that. don't hold Yahoo Sports to that, but it you is need our to hold Brett Raider um, yeah. personally accountable. Uh, and if you do need to reach out to him, that is uh, at Brett Raider on Twitter. Yep. To, well, for all your legal needs. If we survive this leap day, then we will be back next week. And in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Liz Loza underscore FF. That's at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And we are out.